I don't know what I hate wearing worse. Your face or your body? Well, let's face it, we both like it better the other way, yes? So why don't we just trade back? You can't give back what you've taken from me. Oh well, plan B. Let's just kill each other. Welcome, my name is Matt, and I'm here with Andrew. Today, we're going to be talking about Face Off, the iconic hero versus villain story with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage that happens to be our mom's favorite. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. He is the, probably the most mimicked slash horribly mimicked actor on the market. I mean, it's just... He, he is just so, with the facial, I mean, he's like the Jim Carrey of action movies, you know, with the facial, you know, features and, and, and the way he, you know, does his eyes and his and his whole facial Why features. didn't you put the bunny back in the box? That, that should go on the list of one of the most horrible southern accents known to man. Come on, man, Connor. Hey, uh, happy Star Wars Day, by the way. Yeah, May the 4th, May buddy. the 4th be with you, all that. So, uh, we thought about doing some Star Wars here. But we wouldn't get together before uh, Mother's Day right. again. Right, right, right. So um, to explain to our audience why we're doing this on Mother's Day, um, Face Off is the movie that we're talking about today. This is still semi-season two, not really. It's it's very nebulous. Um, uh, we're going to start season three here soon, but we wanted to get this out as kind of just a one-off. Um because this was mom's favorite movie. This is mom's favorite movie of all time. Yeah. So, our mother loves this movie. Um, with uh, it stars John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Uh, came out in 1997, directed by John Woo. Uh, it's just one of these movies that grabbed her. You know, she she likes uh, lots of action movies and spectacle movies and everything like that. And she's always stuck with this one. Oh, absolutely. The lines from it, what a predicament, and different things yeah. like that. So, you know, we just wanted to do this. This is for you, Mom. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. We love you. You know it. Did you enjoy this? I know it. Matthew knows it. <laughs> Did you enjoy this? Uh, oh, absolutely. Always have. Always will. It's funny because here's the thing. I had to explain to my wife what this movie was about so that I could get her to watch it. Me okay. too. Not my wife, but I had to explain to my son because I figured it was a movie he'd yeah. like. It's so hard to explain. It's so hard to explain. And and it's not just like, oh, well, they switch faces. Well, why do they switch faces? Or do they literally switch faces? Switch faces? What does that mean? Is because it a, that technology is not around, so is it partially sci-fi? Did did it just did they just switch, or did they get their actual faces cut off when, when once you tell them that part about it, they start to wonder, like, is this a really a serious movie? And I'm like, yes, it's a serious movie. And 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 uh, funny enough, especially with the movie, it's um, they really did have the first real life face transplant in 2012. Uh, a guy named Richard Norris. That's right. I think who accidentally shot himself in the face, and he got a new face. And there was an episode. So this uh, this is this is like science fiction come to life. Yeah. Wasn't there an episode about that, like The Good Doctor or something? Probably on every single medical show. show, The Good Doctor. But but it's just, it it was ahead of its time in a sense of just the whole concept. Because, I mean, can you imagine being the writer on this and saying, hey, 
I've got a movie for you. They switch faces, and it's called Face Off. Really on the nose, as far as the name goes. Well, it's funny because this came out in 1997, but it was writ- they writ- wrote it back in 1990. They done read it. They done read it. And they wrote it back in 1990, and it was supposed to be a sci-fi. Right. And actually, they finished it, and they, they started kind of shopping it around in the years to follow. But like I think it was like around 93, they asked John Woo to direct it. Yeah. And John Woo was like, eh. <laughs> you know, he, 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 well, he hadn't done a lot at that point. Yeah. He had just gotten here uh-huh. from Hong Kong, but um, he didn't understand sci-fi. Yeah. And so he didn't know how to direct sci-fi. And so he was just kind of like, I, I, it's not right for me. Yeah. So when they came back in 1997, and by this time, all like the, because it was set like a thousand years in the future and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. So once I got it changed into modern day, modern day 97. <laughs> <laughs> modern day. And you How know, old do you think we really are? I mean, could, come you on. You could probably say this is like a, um, an, uh, like an alternate universe where it, back in 1997 they had this type of technology, right? Because okay. obviously it's 2021 now. And, and yeah, we have a face transplant, but nothing like we've seen in this movie where it's like days of recovery. And I, like I don't no have a thing. floating skateboard even though i would probably never get on it back just because i'm not a big was, uh, skater or well nothing. and as we saw in endgame as well you know back to the future is just what did uh what did uh what did he, uh paul rudd say so back to the future is a bunch of bullshit yeah <laughs> and then pretty much and well hulk was like what pretty much or was it hulk that said no that? uh maybe tony or something like that yeah and and uh you know what's funny is there's a theory out there right talking about back to the future uh-huh. that basically they came back, Doc Brown went back to the Goonies, the exact moment in Goonies. And which moment? Oh, right, right. The day, the third, because I think it, what, doesn't it span over like a, is it one day? Goonies is one day, right? Uh, spans over a time period of one day. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I think it's that day. And there's a theory out there that if. No, you, no, it goes over a night too because. Remember when they're yeah, stuck yeah, underneath yeah. and the Under guys the at the course. wishing well, it's at yeah. nighttime, but then, yeah. you know, when they come back out, it's Well, again. the theory is, is that day is the day that I guess Doc Brown went back first to in 1986. And the reason, and even the day, uh, the the day say, wait, wait, and the year. happening at the same time? Well, if you look at, there's a newspaper scene where they show a newspaper about those, the escapees, you know, on the Goonies, uh-huh. the, they escaped. And uh, it's a newspaper and it has the exact date that the Doc Brown went back. Now, if you also look at the calendar, you can also tell it's in October of 1986 or 87 or something like that. Because that would be like, what, a two-year difference? Isn't Goonies and Back to the Future and Happen yeah. within two years of each but other? But there's some something? there's some weird theory that out huh. there that I, I, I was watching or reading or something like that that we're talking about that, that it's that exact date. Anyways, I digress. I digress. Um, so... With with this these characters, you know, I, I kind of feel like this this was uh, Nicholas's Cage's, you know, really kind of introduction to as being like a, a main action star, like known as an action star, because he comes off of uh, what what that Vegas one, you know, and um, he comes off of a lot of movies that aren't really like action packed. So isn't this like his first? introduction to action because because i mean definitely on john travolta's uh coattails on this one right i mean do we want to say that Uh, well okay so this came out 
uh, this is this is right? when he was like kicking off yeah, with yeah, action yeah. and everything. So like before that, you know, um, Nicolas Cage had you know Valley Girl, which is one of my wife's favorite mm-hmm. movies of mm-hmm. all time. Uh, uh, but you had Valley Girl. You had what was that Moon one with with uh, Cher Moonstruck? That's he right. was in that Moonstruck <clears throat> with Cher. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Peggy Sue got married. Um, you know, honeymoon in Vegas, Amos and Andrew, Basically, it could happen yeah. to you. All these. He was he was a leading man. Yeah, but he just wasn't like quite a leading action star until The he, Rock. He he was he was the bargain bin leading man of films at that time period. Yeah, but you, you know you know this. like like whether it was romantic comedy drama different things yeah. like that. But you know he was trying to take things serious. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a Coppola, so yeah. he was yeah. he was doing his you know honeymoon in Vegas and 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 you know all these different things, but. Um, then suddenly in, in 1996, I mean, leaving Las Vegas, that's what he got uh, an Academy yeah, Award yeah, for, right? Yeah. You know, and that was right before. And how old everything. was he when he got that? Probably like like 21, maybe. maybe. I mean, he, he couldn't have been oh, that very sure. old. But I mean, if you look at everything he's done, it's all serious stuff. It's all really, it's it's never it's never like cheesy stuff. I mean, he started with some of like the earlier stuff, like yeah. Valley Girl and everything. But yeah. as he went on, you know, you have Honeymoon in Vegas. Um, uh, Amos and Andrew, Raising Arizona, Guarding Tess, It Could Happen to You, Trapped in Paradise. Uh, and then he had Leaving Las Vegas. He got an Academy Award in Leaving Las Vegas, That's 95. The, the ne- very next movie he did, everything after that, it was like he got his Academy Award. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go do fun movies now. Yeah. Because right after- Why not, though? I mean, you reach the pinnacle, especially at his age. Starting, you know, leading, you know, you hit the pinnacle at that. It's just like Jennifer Lawrence. She's the same thing. She's the same way. Yeah, I don't even watch her movies anymore because she's already she's already done her best. Um, Anyways, (laughs) so she she won an Academy Award at such a young age. And now she's tripping up the stairs. Let's let's not let her live that down yet. Yeah, yeah. tripping up the stairs on her way. But but, you know what? That's the thing. Now she can do nothing but X-Men movies if she wanted to, but have fun in it. And, you know, that's what Nicolas Cage did. And, I mean, you look at it like this. I mean, he comes from from acting royalty. You but know, that's what I'm saying. Royalty, so he had all these, and is the, immediately after he had Leaving Las Vegas, he did, in, in a row, The Rock, Con Air, and Face Off. Yeah. I mean, The Rock... That's that's one of my favorites. I love that movie. If not the favorite, my favorite Nicholas. It's got Cage John Cusack movies. in it. Yeah, it's got. Uh, well, no, that the, the Con Air has John Cusack. That's in it. who I'm thinking. The Rock has like Michael B and Sean Connery, Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah. I was, like I was thinking. I was thinking. But of the, yeah, uh, I had just said Con Air. So, but yeah, yeah, he played the. He did the Rock, Con Air, and Face Off. Yeah. So these huge, huge action movies and everything. And they, I like. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I make fun of it. He's got a horrible Southern accent. And that's that's the one he's kind of known for too. Is he he tends to have a lot of these type of accents. He's a very very outlandish a- actor, you know. But but it's it's it, I love the movie. I just hated his accent. Oh, and uh, Con Air. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you just have to kind of get over that. It's like uh, it's no terrible, no, terrible. No, you get over it. You get over it. <laughs> so that's the thing. He and he was an up and coming. Uh, he was like at this point. Because he had done Con Air, because he had done The Rock, he was like the leading man action star 
when this movie came out. And yeah. when this movie came out, John Travolta was doing his villain shtick in the okay. 90s. Okay. Do you remember? Like yeah. Broken Arrow, another John want, Woo movie. I want to talk about this in, thing in particular, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get going. But just don't let me forget about that because okay. that, I definitely want to talk about that. Because I got a couple questions about it because, you know, I, I got to get your, your thoughts on okay. this. Yeah, so... So you know, Nicholas Cage was playing you know more more the good guy, and then yeah. you had uh, 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 John Travolta, you know, who was doing like Pulp Fiction. He was a hitman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Get Shorty. He was like a, a, a mob a mob enforcer guy. Yeah. Broken Arrow. You know, he was the the bad guy in yeah. that. So you know, you, you have all these movies where he he's he's getting good playing the bad guy and everything. Right. And wasn't there right. one where he was like in the military or something? Uh, yes, uh, the daughter, it was the general's daughter. Is it general's daughter? Yeah, and then like Swordfish, not too long yeah. after he played yeah. a bad guy. Bad a basic guy. is what I was thinking of, because ba- oh, he man. was, yeah. That yeah. is one of my favorite military movies. If we ever do a military movie, you which know, we surra- will. which we will, we, we, that should be one of our topics. I mean, both of us are veterans, by the way. That movie Basic was phenomenal. I th- I th- in my opinion, that's my favorite John Travolta role is is uh, in Basic because, you know, and then the way him and Samuel L. Anyways, but you know, it see, hearing that's funny is because I think the reason you were smiling earlier is because I was pretty much getting the both scenarios flipped, be, meaning saying that you know John Travolta has been the the good guy or you know you know he's been in a lot of movies he was writing on. Um, or uh, Nicholas Cage was riding on his curtails, but in a sense, Travolta was more or less riding on on Nicholas Cage's curtails, especially doing, you know, The Rock and 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 some of these other ones. You know, I just think they had their own separate careers. You know, but you know, at the same time, that combination of actors, those two, are has got to be on a on a top list for me as far as uh, a great great um, leading you know t- two leading men characters together. You know, um, akin to uh, De Niro yeah. and Pacino. Or yes, something like yes, that. yes, exactly. Or even, even you know, in my opinion, in my opinion, Keanu Reeves you, and uh, um, Patrick Swayze and yeah, Point Break. Yeah, or or you know, even uh, like I, I liked, uh, um, man, I hate that. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans, like and Drew Barrymore. Yeah, or Drew Barrymore. No, <laughs> but what I'm saying is those two guys. Those two guys were phenomenal. And, and yeah, they played uh, played off each other pretty well. Yeah, but no, with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, they they just work really well. Now, okay, this is the question I got to ask you. Okay, did you in this film? Did you like what period of the film, beginning, middle, or end? And which way did you like these actors? Meaning, meaning, meaning. I know what you mean. Did you did you like Nicholas? K- like for me personally, it was in the middle of the movie. So I like I like. It's hard because I okay. So I thought the most um, safe portrayal was Nicholas Cage as a good guy, as Sean Archer. Yes. Yeah. So that was the most safe I portrayal. Um, I think that John Travolta as Caster's Troy is the standout performance in this movie. Uh, well, really, really, I thought it was the other other way around. I, I thought well, Sean be, Archer, Nicholas Cage was the that, standout. But that, but Sean Archer. That's why I was just said is that Nicholas Cage is Sean Archer is the most safe performance. Whereas you know, it's 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 there's nothing too outrageous about it. I mean, he's playing, you know, a, just a chill guy. And I want to get into the differences between the way these two handle uh, switching roles and everything. But. Um, 
I think I, I kind of feel like I'm on the opposite end of, of what you're saying right this second. Because there's some parts where where Nicolas Cage is Castor Troy and I'm bored. But anytime John Travolta is on the scene, on screen, I'm not bored. Okay. Um, okay. So that's what I mean by it. Like, I so, get it. So, I get jo- it. yeah, John Travolta's Castor Troy is just like the best part. The ham and ooh, you good looking. Yeah. You're hot. You yeah. know, it's stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, what yeah. a predicament and everything. But then as Archer, uh, uh, John Travolta is also extremely pained. You yeah, know, because like, because and strained yeah, and every, yeah. stra- and and just just run down and everything. So so I think anytime that he's on screen, it makes it pop for me. Nicholas Cage as Caster Troy is awesome. You know him hamming it up and everything. Even I thought it was too much. I thought it was too much. I thought I mean, uh, you you see how John Travolta carries that over, and it's it's more well, it's, they, it's better. I think. Well, they spent two weeks before production. Um, they spent two weeks on this film, just getting to learn how to act like the other person. Yeah, and I want to know like what happened first. Like, did. Did Nicolas Cage take on the role of Caster Troy first? John There's Travol- so many levels John here. Travolta then saw what he was doing and had to kind of mimic that. Or, since John Travolta was Caster Troy for the majority of the movie, did he <laughs> do the role first and they shoot those scenes? Nicolas Cage saw how he was portraying Caster Troy yeah, and yeah. then he tried to mimic him in his own way. We, we should have done this movie earlier in, in our podcast. I mean, Why? The, the reason well, is... Well, we've talked the, about it. This is like the... We've talked about it two or three times yeah. in other episodes. But I mean, the, there's just so many layers to this movie. You know what I mean? Like, like I, 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 I felt more pain from John Travolta as Sean Archer. Right. But I liked him more as Caster Troy, where, oh, yeah. where you know, I could see even 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 Nicolas Cage as Caster Troy, you could see somewhat pain, you know, because, you know, what happened, and we'll talk about it later, but what happened, you know, you could see some pain in his eyes as well, and he did really well, I think, with that. Uh, and, and, Nicolas Cage as Caster? Yeah, as Caster. But then, but then... I liked I really him better as Sean Archer. No, I did when when, when uh, I don't know if you want to get into this when 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 he shot uh Sean Archer's kid. When when oh, Castor Troy okay. shot you could see that he did win. We're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I wanted okay. to say that. Okay. But um it just so many levels here and and I liked I liked basically I liked Travolta better as Castor Troy. I thought he 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 kept it at the right proper level where where Nicholas Cage was way too more exaggerative in in his in his the way he acted, the way he talked. I thought he was too much as Castor Troy. That's why I liked him better at Sean Archer because and the reason I like Nicholas Cage's Sean Archer the best out of the whole film is because he he was able to go to different levels of you know, he was crazy man, like especially near the end, he was crazy man. As Sean Archer, but he was also the the sensitive Sean Archer, and he was also the just um, angry Sean Archer, the the real real you know all about that get getting the man you know uh, you know get catching your guy. So the thing I want to talk about with the differences between these two, I I, I agree with most of what you just said. Um, the the way John Travolta plays it in this movie is he's trying to be. He he's convincing that Nicolas Cage is under there somewhere, because okay, there's okay. some things like um like something something and you're not you know the way he he actually sounds like Nicolas Cage. Sasha, what the fuck 
are you doing here? You know, yeah. and that that was John Travolta, but I mean, that's the way Nicolas Cage would say right, it. Right, right. And it's crazy. And, and, and that's I, the, the, sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. So, so John Travolta is doing kind of like a Nicolas Cage impersonation through the movie, whereas Nicolas Cage isn't doing really a John Travolta impersonation. Exactly. He's doing a broken man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not doing like an impersonation of. Uh, this is how John Travolta sounds, which is like what John Travolta did with Nicolas Cage. Uh, he just did any kind of guy that's yeah. that's being broken. He didn't necessarily tailor his voice and mannerisms to that of John Travolta like exactly. John Travolta did for Nicolas exactly. Cage. And and so then you get the also you get the curse of the the script writers, you know, the the, the writers of the film, where it kind of pigeonholes, you know, where. Caster Troy, and I'm not talking about the actual actors, I'm talking about the characters. Caster Troy really only has one level. You know, it's just one level. It's just full force, in your face, nuts. Okay? So John Travolta had to play... Mercurial. One level. That would be a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like big words because I don't understand (laughs) them. No, but uh, (laughs) you get get only with John Travolta... Mercurial means just go off like he can change at any time, you know depending on the situation. Of course you know that word. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Um, no, but it, it's it's the problem is is because Caster Troy was was he there wasn't depth to Caster Troy. There really wasn't. There was just he had just one one level and there was depth as far as his brother. Okay, co- that was his only that. kryptonite. Yeah. That was his only kryptonite, but not the, much more. There was not much depth to it, and that wasn't. He wanted John to blow Travolta's stuff fault. up and protect his brother. Yeah, you know, he just wanted to kill. people. He didn't even care about his own kid. You know, no, and, no, it, didn't care about his kid. Didn't care about Sasha. Didn't care about Dietrich. Anything no. like that. It was all about, I want to kill people and I want to protect my brother. A, a, a true psychopath. It. You know, a true psychopath. But maybe not even because well, because a of his brother wouldn't even care about yeah. anybody. Yeah. Well, it's just there wasn't a lot of depth where the writers were able to write a lot more depth into... They into, scooped all the depth out of Caster <laughs> yeah. Troy and heaped it onto Sean Archer. That's exactly. I agree. Now, I got, we got we to gotta talk about this. The, the names of the characters are awesome in this film. Okay. Before you get into that... Okay. 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 Let's see. Uh, where was it? Because my phone died in the middle of writing some of this, so I didn't get to update it. Yeah, the service is, is crappy out. right well, now I because I, I can't even get it. pull up IMD. DMB if I wanted to look up something. I am DMB. You know what I mean. Okay. So, and and sometimes we point this out a lot, and, you know, uh, there's probably a reason for that, but there's uh, Christian themes, I think, or is there Christian themes? I in saw this? it. I saw it. Okay. Uh, in, in, in what in, in particular? In, well, I mean, obviously in the end scene, I mean, they were literally in a church uh, near, near oh, the well, there end, was that. end part. And you could say, like, how long was he? That person was he a week or maybe three days? Three days, yeah. Okay, so I mean, Jesus was dead for three days, right? Yeah, and then and then resurrected. So I mean, like Sean Archer was dead, quote unquote, for three yeah. days, and then he came back or whatever. Yeah. Um, I the the thing that made me look at it, and I didn't really dig into it a- after this. I just noticed this, wrote it down, and I wanted to ask you about it. All right, the names of the characters. We have Adam. Who is the the uh, Castor Troy's son? Uh-huh. We have Eve, who is the wife's name. Okay, we have Jamie or James, uh-huh. right? Another King James, but okay. b- biblical character. Victor Lazaro was his boss, Lazaro Lazarus. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Michael was the original kid's name. 
Michael the Angel. Yeah. So I mean, that yeah, like I, I I understand there's probably a lot of names in the Bible, but I mean, for it to be that like we have Adam, Eve, you know, Lazaro, Lazarus, Michael, you know, these. It's just seemed like, and you know, with him being gone and then comes back, I don't know how many days it was yeah. or whatever, but there's there's got to be some themes in there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do I, you think? I I could see it. I could see it. It's uh, maybe we don't know well, and enough then, and, about and, the Bible. And you see, well, yeah, comment on that. But but you see you see the doves at the, the end, doves, it, the, the, the that, Catholicism, or, you yeah. know, the Catholic um, funeral, like yeah. the heavy Catholic funeral. And like you said, that, that's that's another thing I meant to mention is the doves. Yeah, yeah. Because it, after the dove scene where they fight and do the boat thing and everything, then mm-hmm. there's peace. You know, doves me yeah. doves is bringing peace. peace right in the Bible. So I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. What I mean, like, what what are your opinions on that? Especially with somebody like John Woo, you know, a yeah. a, a, a Chinese filmmaker, yeah, uh, making this. I would. What do you think? You think there's any merit to it? I'm sure. Maybe if we looked into it a bit more, maybe. I mean, and, and who knows? It might might be something the writers put in instead of John Woo. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it was just. Uh, Maybe it was taken from an older story or something, you know, in a sense, in, in a way, you know what I mean? That that was maybe maybe had deeper meaning, you know, like face, you know, you switch the face of your uh, of your uh, of your enemy, you know what I mean? And, and live in their shoes for however long to really, you know, see what they're going through or what they're doing or what kind of person they are, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah. What so. do you think about uh, John Woo? Do you have a lot of experience with his movies? Well, didn't, didn't he do uh, the the hidden uh, hidden dragon tiger jumping over the loop thing? Yeah. <laughs> Crouching tiger hiding. Yeah, there we dra- go. No, no, that was um, Ang Lee. No, That's, yeah, Ang Lee, the guy who did Hulk. Okay, and I I want to make clear that I didn't mean that in any other way besides the fact that it was. I thought it was John Woo, Chinese filmmaking. Yeah, so. Um, you know, uh, so so John Woo, um, do you have any experience with with any of his movies? Um, he there he did a lot of uh, Asian Hong Kong films. Well, he he and he was really famous over there. He likes to put Chow Yun Fat, which is one of my favorite actors, because the the, the dude is just, I you know I I he I, was great in the Dragon Ball Z movie. No, that was his worst film, probably more. But he more was than still good in it. No, I mean he wasn't. Was a bad he movie. wasn't in it like the replacements, Crouching Tiger. I mean the, this guy Chow Yun Fat. Who he likes? He, it. What was the movie he was in? Mira Sorvino with uh, the replacements. Replacements. Yeah. Is it the replacements or replacement killers? Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyways, we, we can get off off topic there. But his first movie over here was Hard Target. Do you remember that? Was Jean Claude Van Damme? Yes, yes, yes. And you know his awesome. And and then of course after that he did Broken Arrow, and then eventually did this movie. Um, Broken Arrow is like one of my like favorite action movies. Yeah, especially from the nineties. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Broken Arrow is one of my one of my favorites. Um, uh, that's a John Travolta film too. Yeah, that's why like he brought him over to Face Off, I think, because they did right after John Woo and John, and that's what I had mentioned earlier. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I was just trying to think what. Um, oh, he did. Uh, he did Wind Talkers with uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, Cage as well. So well, and he did Paycheck with Mel Gibson or not Mel Gibson, um, Ben Affleck. 
Oh yeah, and yeah. I just watched that the other day, and that's when I just realized that John Woo did this. I, I watched it like right before I watched Face Off. Yeah, like I watched this two days ago. Oh Pay- really? Paycheck? Have you ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. It it's such a fantastic ben, the, the Ben Affleck and and Uma yeah. Thurman yeah. and yeah, and such a Aaron, horrible Aaron movie. You didn't like it? I did not like it at all. There's so much good about it. I mean, the it fact doesn't that, make sense though. How it, does it make not make well sense? not make sense? It's it's because. I don't know. I, I thought it was awesome because like it. it's kind of like a detective thing because, you know, he takes a job. He doesn't know what happened. We don't know what happens. And all we have are these clues that he left himself in the envelope. Anyways, it was really good, I thought. Um, I, I, I didn't like it. And he also did uh, Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> which, which, actually, which is like the one standout from all the yeah, rest of I was of about to Mission say it's like the best. Movies. Now, okay, I say that now. Part 3 is my favorite. Part 3. Well, you know... Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. and the opening scene with that one girl and he was like retired but then he comes back. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I I've always thought Mission Impossible's are supposed to be, you know, they're basically like the American version of James Bond, okay? Yeah. In my opinion. And 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 I like James Bond movies. Goldeneye was definitely my favorite one, not just because of the video game, because it is one of my favorite video games too. But you I know, Goldeneye the man with the golden gun. Yeah, and Mission Impossible and, and those are uh, a lot alike. Yeah. Um, let's just go ahead and get into it. You want to? Why? What were you going to say? No, I was going to ask another question, but I, we might as well get into the meat of it all. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm just going to say right off the bat that that opening scene hit harder now yeah. that I have a son. Yeah. You know, I mean, I haven't watched this movie since before I had. Shoot, even if you didn't have a son, my daughter, it I think. hit you hard. It, it did, but I, when, when I watched this when I was younger, there's a couple things in this movie that didn't hit me as hard. Okay. One, until I got married, and two, until I had a kid. So the fact that Caster Troy ends up actually sleeping with Archer's wife. That's that's one of those things that hit me hard. No, hard, I agree. Hard. I that, agree. That for some reason I overlooked when I was younger, or I didn't think it was a huge deal or whatever. But now being married and everything, you just think, you know, it makes the character that much more awful and just a terrible, despicable person. Yeah, yeah, and and that's like uh, again, that, that's why I say this movie has so many layers because that's another layer if you think about it. It's like, it's like you know, how would the wife not know? But at the same time. You know, it's like you're thinking, you know, logically you're thinking, okay, there's no way that this has ever happened. They could switch faces. Nowadays, you, it's actually happened. But It's you the know. type of thing that takes it beyond the typical cheesy action movie of the 90s or whatever because uh, it's, it's, um, it's that more little bit more of evil, you know, whereas yeah. if you want like more of a uh, uh, kind of a family fen- friendly action or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't make it. You don't go that extra step further, but to actually allow a scene where the bad guy, you have these two rivals, and the bad guy is actually successful in tricking the wife of the good guy, and it was just. But again, it's it's those layers I'm talking about in this film that they, uh, again, and uh, the you, agony that yeah. the, that that Archer must have felt in the prison just thinking about that. Yeah, and and but I mean, so we open up with this with this movie and that scene at the beginning, it it, it lays it out to show. I feel like it shows it's going to show the hatred between these two people. Well, yeah. I, I think that's what it is. It's it's basically they both despise each other more than anything. You know, I mean, Nicolas Cage d- deals with it differently. He he gets a kick out of it. He gets a kick out of personally going after Sean Archer, where where Sean Archer's character makes it uh, 
everything doesn't matter except for bringing him down. bringing him down and and this is even before he he shoots you know sean archer's son that there was still that there, there's well, that hatred there and that's what i was going to get at is that this opening scene it it's it's fantastic for a number of ways one of which is the music that we hear you know throughout the music the the movie this this movie has great music with it too, yeah very yeah. operatic and and, yeah. and uh kind of going back to speed going back to speed yeah. that, that that type of music yeah so it not only does that but it shows us the way archer used to be you know yeah. he had his son and he was like that that, Happy go lucky. That, yeah, that John Travolta, style, you know, way yeah. of being, you know, where he's like always all smiles and everything, you know, big, big grin, and you could tell, you know, he just it showed us the way he'd stare at the kid and and wipe his, you know, hand I'm about, down I'm about to hit you with something on that one, so just saying. But the way he just stared at you could tell he was just absolutely in love with his child, and it reminds me yeah. of when you know I'm doing out doing things with my son and I'm just staring at him and I'm I'm looking at how beautiful he is and how amazing he is and yeah. and all this kind of stuff and how so you have a part why, in creating that you yeah know? and that's why this hit me so hard is i i you know you can't help but put yourself in these yeah. situations and then to have that so but then on top of that it shows that nicholas cage his character you don't need much from him he doesn't say anything he doesn't act crazy he has a, a straight face and you can tell that he's after this guy in particular mm -hmm. And so it does it without any words or anything. It shows that they have a history. He's going at this guy specifically, and this is the point where everything changes. Yeah, yeah. And from here on out, Archer is going to go after this guy in a whole different way yeah. than he did before. But that, that hatred is just, I mean, for for Caster Troy to come in and shoot I mean, he and, and we get to know, you know, we you do find out that he he wasn't naming for the kid. He tells he tells the wife that. I mean, straight face to her face to John Travolta's or to uh, Archer's character, you know, straight up. I wasn't. I was aiming for him. You know, yeah, he, he said I was trying to kill you. Yeah, and then and and but you know what makes it sad the whole situation because John Travolta lost his son. Yeah, yeah. And uh, can you imagine? Because he was probably the same exact way that he was with. Oh yeah, Jet. Yeah. So. Was his name Jet? I think it was Jet, something like that. Well, it wasn't his. No, no, we don't need to. Wait, get into it. didn't he lose his wife too? No, there's a whole thing about that and everything. We don't need to get into it. She but. died July twelfth, two thousand twenty. Kelly Preston did. Oh, what did she die of? Uh, was it? Oh man, let's see. So she just died last year. Uh, breast cancer. Man, I had no I idea. Cancer. I had no idea. I know that that's died. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine? It, it, what diagnosis of this was not widely, widely publicized no. or anything. It's like Chadwick Boseman. Same thing. Nobody knew he had. Uh, you know, nobody like us. Us simple folk didn't know he had cancer. You know, colon cancer. Well, yeah, nothing. And, yeah. and I did not. I did not even hear about. I did I, last year because uh, mom was talking. Me and mom were talking about it. But the fact that he lost his son and his wife. Yeah. Can you imagine what that man has has to deal with day to day? I mean, man. Yeah. And it just goes to show that it doesn't matter if you're the richest person on the planet. Or it doesn't matter if you are the most famous person on the planet. You know, we all go at some time. And yeah, nobody takes anything with them. Nope. Um, yeah, so so we have that first intro, and that, that kind of introduces us to everything. It introduces us to the pain 
Um, the only thing I'd say about that intro is, okay, he had already killed the son. Why did he not take another shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and take care of it. Yeah. He just killed the son and said, oops, I made a mistake. I better get out of here. Is that a Ra- your Rachel statement? No, I well maybe it's kind of like a Rachel statement. Maybe, I, but but that that's one of those things that that I go. Mm, why didn't that doesn't make any sense? Well, that's then we terrible, wouldn't have this movie. But I mean, he's that makes that shows that he's a terrible like hitman. He's a terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a terrible enemy, and, and it's kind of he weird. Like you, you think somebody at his level, it, it just shows how much of a psychopath his character really is. Because at his level, you know, in crime syndicate or whatever, he he probably never has to really shoot anybody anymore you know it's almost like he did it because yeah yeah exactly and that's the problem it shows the 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 craziness of it and and i think i think nicholas cage does a good job of setting up castor troy for john travolta yeah and that's what i was saying i i like i like nicholas cage as as john travolta you know you had said that maybe goes over the top a little bit maybe does every once but i mean that's nicholas cage and, no, I know. And people know who Nicolas Cage is, so you know John Woo apparently wanted that type of crazy, yeah, and stuff. And but he could go from that type of crazy to be in this serious Sean Archer guy, you know. And it's you know who good range. And you know who shows us that his, his insanity, uh, John or uh, Nicolas Cage's insanity, in the way he uh, he Lisa acts Marie and things Presley. like that. That's who shows us. No. <laughs> Um, uh, said, Dan- Danny Pudi from uh, Community, where, oh, yeah, where, yeah. where he does the impersonation of Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, good or bad? A challenge, certainly, but not insolvable, because all actors have distinct values, which I use to find answers. Abed, how much Nicolas Cage did you... Enough! I watched enough to find <laughs> the answers, <laughs> because this... This is my reality. This is how I learned to be. And my being doesn't allow for Nicholas freaking Cage, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat. impersonation i mean the guy does a lot of different ones okay so so then it quickly breaks we have a a a quick break to um the current time which shows that um caster troy and now i have to start because we have the switches in this movie i have to start sometimes we call these characters by the actor's name yeah we got we got to call this is going to get confusing so let's let's address this as let's be real strict with this movie and call them by the character names because okay. then because if you say well then John Travolta I'll be like well which John Travolta you know, or whatever <laughs> so so we have Caster Troy played by uh, Nicholas Cage at this moment um, and uh, he you know he he's he's setting a, a bomb that's gonna like wipe out a mile I think a, a mile's worth of L A uh, yeah. like you know square mile or whatever um, and um, they they've received some intelligence that Castor Troy and and, and Pollux Troy, Castor's brother, are at uh, an airport about to take off. So everybody swarms the airport. Um, now Pollux, have you have you met this uh, the or met? Have you uh, not have you personally? Ever, <laughs> I've never met him. Before. <laughs> have you ever seen this this actor that plays Pollux? Yeah, I want to say he did a lot of movies around that time period. 
Um, a few of them, maybe. Alessandro Nivola is his name. Uh, Alessandro Nivola. Uh, but I, I can't remember if I've seen him. I, I, think I feel he's like been he's on... played this type of actor before in a film. Like, I mean, this type of character before in a film before. Because he just seems like... I don't know. He played a perfect little kind of sniveling brother how he was supposed to be. You know, kind of... I mean, he 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 really expected his brother just to take care, wipe his butt for him. I mean, down to that point, you know. I mean, he just really never did anything. For oh, him, he so. was Billy. He was Billy in Jurassic Park three, the one that ripped off that that stole the egg. That's right. And and so had a the sniveling egg character. I forgot about that. Character. I forgot he played that guy. Yeah, yeah, we used to make fun of him so much. Yeah, it, he's kind of he kind of seems like one of those ones. But again, he and played he was, the sniveling bro- brother very well in this one. Yeah, he was also like in American sniveling. Hustle. If you ever saw that, yeah, uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer the, Lawrence and the kind of the newer ones, but um, I like I liked him as Pollux. I think I think he played yeah. him just well. Mm, brother, yeah. come wipe my butt. Yeah. I my hate butt it when, needs wiping. I hate it when you call me bro. Yeah, but um, really, and I hate it when Nicholas Cage calls people bro too because he says it in the most annoying possible way. What Nicholas Cage, bro? Bro, he, it just doesn't seem natural. Like, and that's the thing with Nicholas Cage. I think a lot of the stuff he does on movies. I mean, again, he's a phenomenal actor, but he also just he just some of the stuff is like really. I mean, maybe that's just his style. I mean, it's very unique, I guess. But I don't know. Well, you know who Caster and Pollux were, right? Uh, the the brothers. Yeah. So Caster and Pollux were twin brothers in Greek and Roman mythology as oh, well. Okay. So they were actually changed into the constellation Gemini. So that's where you get Castor and, and, and Pollux from. Um, I think the Hunger Games used those two names, Castor and Pollux, for two of their characters as well. Um, but, yeah, just kind of a fun information on that. Um, you could tell these these two brothers grow up, grew up with uh, Pollux needing his big brother basically take care of his every need. But he's also very smart, so they work together. I and think, we find out he can actually fight, too. And he gets into the gunfights and stuff. But there's nobody in this world that, that either of these two trust more than each other. Right, right, right. And and even when they have goons and stuff like that, you know, uh, ca- Caster's like, you know, you're paid to protect him. And that means even from himself, yeah. you know, when he's making reservations and different things like yeah. that. So. Um, so anyways, we uh, we get to the air. He didn't flip out on his brother for making that reservation. You know, well, he probably thought, you know, he probably just couldn't get mad at him. Or, if, you know, normally you think, oh, well, we better, we better get the hell out of here as quick as we can, just in case, because if I know Sean. Well, he's the he's, uh, he's the ultimate narcissist, really. You know, yeah, because maybe he thinks he can get away with yeah. anything. <laughs> That's probably why. It's probably he's like, oh, well, he made the reservations. The cops are on their way. We'll get away, though. Yeah, we'll you be know. all right. So, but they're not all right because the cops get there. They have an undercover agent on the plane with them. Um, basically, the plane. Get stopped from from yeah gets it gets stopped from taking off because Sean takes a steals a helicopter and sets it down keeps slamming on top of the plane and eventually breaks a piece off shoots out the engine the plane crashes through a hangar which they were only able to do that one time because they were really destroying a plane well yeah and they had like eighteen cameras set up to to capture this shot and, and obviously no law enforcement in their right mind would do any of this stuff I don't care if he killed the son or anything else like that I don't think any of that would have actually happened why did Castor kill the pilot. Why did he shoot the pilot? Well, that's what I'm saying. Here's the thing. <laughs> he's he's, a, he's a narcissist. He thinks that everything he does and says is right, 
And so he probably shot the thing because he's like, you know what? I could probably drive, uh, fly this plane better than he and can. He's like, what the F are you doing? And then he goes, you know, they shot on our engines. We can't take off. And he goes, uh, boom. Yeah. You know, like like he didn't even like, he, uh, okay, this is pissing me off. And then he just shot the guy. Yeah. And it's like he couldn't say, hey, take it over to the hangar over there, you know. He had no patience. Or whatever. So, like, he almost... You know, crashed the plane and died just from killing. It. Yeah, it was it was it was one of these things. Like, why why would he do that? But. Yeah. So they crashed through the the hangar, and the crazy thing about that is that, you know, the the plane still was able to kind of get in there, and they were able to get off just willy nilly. Yeah, not not a big deal. Not I mean, a big deal. Pollux got caught pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Sean Archer, our hero, who is just so miserable because of his son and everything he uh he gets into it gets into it a little bit with Castro troy and kicks him in front of a um uh, jet engine and turns it on i, I guess you know yeah that works mm, i don't <laughs> and know and so he gets shot all the way down that wind tunnel you know and a lot of the practical effects in this were done and i liked i appreciated that they did, I a lot did of, appreciate I, that. I think the only cgi that was in this movie was the lasers that were building the um the ear in that first scene where it's like, well, we got to build your friend's that whole new scene. ear and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and the, the, well, I mean, the actual face-off part, they actually did that with like mannequins and, yeah. and Prosthetic prosthetics yeah. and different things like that. So, um, let me try to explain this movie. Good luck, because we get into it scene by scene. I tried; it didn't work. So I'm going to do it without without talking about actors, because maybe that'll help. Okay. Not be so confused. I'm there with you. Okay. So we have Caster Troy and we have Sean Archer. Sean Archer is our hero. He's an FBI agent. Caster Troy is our terrorist. He's a bad guy. Um, Caster Troy and Sean Archer have been going at each other for a while. Archer has been chasing him for a while. Some years ago, and I don't think it ever says how many years ago, um, Caster Troy killed Sean Archer's son. Six years. Trying to kill him. Was it six it was years? Six years. Okay, so six years ago, he tried to kill um, Sean Archer and ended up getting a bullet through him, but didn't quite get his heart, missed it, and the bullet went through uh, Sean Archer and hit Archer's son and killed his son. Yeah. So um, Sean Archer now is is obsessed with Castor Troy. He eventually catches Castor Troy, but then they in their files that they retrieve from all their belongings and stuff, they find out that there is a mega bomb that's going to be used to wipe out a square mile of L.A. and they don't know where it is, just somewhere in L.A. and it's supposed to go off in like a week. Well, By they the did, time they, he gets the surgery, they, goes to the prison. He has yeah. two days left. Well, the interrogation they they did were able to locate the the date. They were right, able to figure right. out the actual date, and basically because Archer area. put a gun into Dietrich's eye, and was like, yeah. yeah, finally got him to 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 tell him where again stuff that would never happen because it, right, it was right after he said, hey Sean, how's your dead son? Oh, I know. So yeah, I I'd, I'd probably do the same thing. So well, but, I wouldn't say that, but well, you know, I don't know. But the prompt, the the premise of this was, um, because they have to find that bomb. Sean Archer has uh, they, they're keeping Castor Troy alive because when he caught Castor Troy, he knocked him out, and he went into the awesome. 90s movie trope of going into a coma yeah right yeah you know you need to take somebody out for a legitimate reason put them in a coma so he goes into a coma so they say look there's this new surgery it's crazy technology all this kind of stuff we can take his face and put it on and his put butt. it on your butt oh. 
Yeah. No. So they they have a way to basically take the face and mold it. It's the person's actual face and mold it to another person's actual face. So after a lot of, oh, I don't know if I can do this, blah, 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 yeah. Sean Archer eventually says, okay, fine. Gets because he knows, he basically knows Castor, sorry, I didn't mean to, but he knows Castor Troy better than anyone else. That's why they had to ask uh, good old Archer. Yeah. So he, he knows because the only person that knows where the bomb is is Pollux and Castor. Because they only trusted each other. So, for in order to get the information from Pollux, they, they, nothing will work unless it's actually Caster there. Yeah, correct. So, because he only trusts his brother and right. his brother only trusts him. And the only one, person that knows Caster better than anybody else is Sean Archer. So, Sean Archer finally agrees to do it. They do the surgery. They turn Sean Archer into Caster Troy, make him look exactly like him. And then there's only like three people there at that office that know about it. And they're sending him into the jail. They're like, nobody else knows you're you. Just go in there. And I'm like, I want to be like, that is the stupidest thing in movies when they do that. It's like there's yeah. only a few people. Because you know it's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You know you have to tell more people. And it has to be like, like I have like envelopes sent to like five different people. Don't open unless you don't hear from me for a while or something like that. Or you don't hear a certain word. You know, and, and my wife asked a question on that. She said, well, why didn't he just tell his wife? What was going to happen? I said, you can't tell your wife. And I'm like, well, why? Because she can keep a seat. I mean, he does all this other investigations yeah, that he yeah, probably yeah. talks about at home. Well, and plus, you know, if you're a certain level in the government, especially, you know, they do ask, you know, the spouse. They talk to because everybody knows that you really you'll tell your spouse more things than you would not tell anybody else. Right. I mean, in the long run. Yeah. Now, because your spouse knows you better than anybody else, you know, besides God. But. What I'm saying is, is why wouldn't you tell your wife? Because they they've been interrogated already, and the wife's known to not say anything, and you know obviously she's not a a threat to security or nothing like that. So tell your wife, or at least say, hey, you know, if I start acting weird, and you'll know it. I mean, she didn't know it on one part, but you'll know it to open up this envelope, like you said. Yeah, and, and or uh, you know, tell the warden. You don't have to tell prison guards, but tell the warden. You know, and I understand that this is very secretive technology, yeah. and and I don't know if it's quite top secret. I don't know if it's a government thing or if it's like a private lab or whatever that the government's working with. But there's got to be. Uh, if I was going under this procedure, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll follow the directions, and I'd be like, look, this is what's going on. I'd find a way to get evidence to show somebody. Yeah. I'd secretly tell somebody because I've seen enough movies to know stuff like this yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, you know? I, and, and since that, you know. From the opening scene throughout the entire movie, this one thing, one of the main things I like, love about this movie is that it doesn't stop. Like it, and what I mean by that is that it just goes. I mean, it is going, 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 and it just keeps you on your seat. That's what I miss for movies nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, you don't get those ones where you get that, that crazy great music, that, 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 uh, orchestra music well it's just about and, like a and the progression yeah and the prog but but the thing is is the progression of the movie just moves so fast and and i love that nowadays you don't get that i mean anymore. it moves so fast it you doesn't know? have time to stop for politics and stuff like that yes oh okay yeah yes. yeah i could agree with that but, but but i miss that from movies now you know i miss going to watch a movie and being like okay yeah it, this movie's only an hour and 27 minutes which is very very short for a movie but it was enjoyable the entire time the music just got you hyped up it got you in your feelings whatever 
you know, action-packed, just to the brim, you know, and you don't get that nowadays. You know, I mean, we got that with, with you know, some of the tenants and stuff like that, you know, where it was just kind of going in Batman, especially with, with a lot of the superhero movies, you get, like, just that action, 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 you know. And I miss that from the movie, and that's what I love about this movie and these type of movies is that you can watch them and just keep going and yeah. just go, 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 go. So you know? so to finish the plot... Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh so Sean Archer decides, okay, I'm going to do this. So he goes and he gets into prison. He finds out from um, uh, from Pollux, uh, you know, just kind of talking like, oh, you know, she, it belongs in the Louvre. Oh, it's well, the, the LA Convention Center will have to do. Okay, now he knows where it is. Yeah. Um, but while this is going on, of course, Caster Troy wakes up from his coma. Yeah. And there's nobody around him. Who would have guessed He's that? not handcuffed to the bed. Yeah. He's just there. He gets up and starts walking around the. the well, she called hospital. him a turnip. Remember, she's like, "Nah, he's a turnip." Yeah, she she put a cigarette, but I mean, he's just walking around willy nilly. And when he first woke up, you know, he put his fingers to his face. You see blood, and he's kind of looking around. And he talks to somebody on the phone and everything. How is he not screaming in agony? He doesn't have a face. He took the yeah. bandages off, and there's yeah. no face there and everything. How is he not screaming in agony? I don't know. He does say later he took, you know, he took some pain pills and everything. Yeah, but, but that was that was a little weird well, thing. He but. smoked at a joint pretty much the entire movie. Did you notice that? Yeah, literally not a cigarette. You could tell it's not a cigarette because you know when, well, he when he's that box with out. Jamie and everything. No, I think that those were cigarettes. I well, think those no, were no, those those roll. ones, you know, with 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 Archer's daughter. Yeah, that that's about right. Yeah. So it's it. So he basically goes undercover. Uh, Sean gets his people to go kidnap the doctor and bring him in, and the doctor does it because you know, obviously the doctor doesn't want to die yeah. and everything. Um, but dealing with somebody like Castor, I think that you got to assume that that's what's going to happen. Um, but so then he has him makes him do the surgery to turn him into Archer, and so then he then uh, Castor becomes uh, Archer. Uh, or um, yeah, you know, with the looks and everything like that. So well, he, you, you saw you see the plot holes in it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like wait, what are you talking about? The fact that John Travolta's a pretty stocky guy, and Nicolas Cage at this point was very fit. And well, they even said they even said we'll take away the love handles, you know. So I guess that there was some um, some liposuction done, different things. But even like hands, that. like like hands. You know, you can tell a person by their hands. You well, know, Nicolas really. Cage is very hairy. Yeah, but yeah. John Travolta is pretty, pretty hairy, hairy too. too. Yeah. <laughs> so they found close, and that 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 brings me to another thing that I want to interject. Well, right that's here pretty much, guys. That's the plot. Like he pretty much went over. That's the plot. That's the plot. Basically, now they've switched bodies. Uh, Archer's stuck in prison. Caster's out running amok again you know he's well, now got the most important thing what happened to all the doctors and everything oh else. yeah so you're so, yeah so after he turned into archer you know he killed everybody that knew that archer was really archer uh and not caster and took the wedding ring and all this kind of stuff nobody knows the situation including his partner who was one of those people including his partner who had died and all that kind of stuff so um so that's the that's the plot now the plot is um archer now has to get out of prison track down Castor Troy and defeat him while also convincing everybody else that he's really him. And um, there's a lot, he does of, a things, a job lot of, of things that complicate that. Now, what I was going to say about this is, you know, the fact that, you know, John Travolta and, and Nicholas Cage is kind of as hairy as each other. Um, the original thought for these two leads was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. I see that. I can see that. And having them switch roles. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is what, like 6'4"? 
Six three, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Sylvester Stone is like five eleven. I know, and I don't think he's five ten to five eleven. I think he's like pretty that. short. Yeah, he's maybe you know I don't know. So he's he, he's I I think that you have some problems there. Sylvester Stallone was pretty buff back then, not near as much as as Arnold. As Arnold, I would say, and not nearly as tall. But I digress. I I don't know if I could see. You know, Arnold was still struggling with his accent back then and everything. So I don't know if you could see. You can't. You just can't well, switch it, that. If you notice back then, they didn't put Arnold in a lot of talking roles. A lot of the roles he I'm was saying. in, he didn't do a lot of. And talking. yeah, they could change the they change the voice in this thing, but you can't change the cadence of talking and the way somebody talks. I know. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just loads all like yeah. this. You know, he just talks like this. Was Arnold's like talking like this? You got to do all the all all get to the chopper. I like your Sylvester better than your Arnold. Yeah, I know. So, anyways, you you it's get to the we- chopper. Get to the chopper. So you have to you have to. Um, do you want to live? Get to the chopper. <laughs> Um, who are the Who are the other ones? Uh, I think it was um, Oh Bruce Willis and Adam Baldwin was was one. Now I don't know who was supposed to play who. I'm guessing maybe Bruce Willis was supposed to play the original bad guy, and Adam played the good guy, and then they switched, and then so Bruce Willis was the good guy throughout the whole movie or something. I don't know. I don't know who would play who, but uh, I think John Woo came up with a better idea, and, and these guys work better. It really does. He he. Plus, you know, I, I could see a lot of their their mannerisms, especially you know Nicholas Cage's and John Travolta's mannerisms, are kind of a lot alike. You know, I I, I, I say kind of a lot. That doesn't. That's not very good uh, grammar. Kind of uh, a lot. They're 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 a lot alike. I think in their mannerisms. You know, in the way that they move, in the way that they're they're very exaggerative in in all their movements and in their their motions in their face. You know, I would say John Travolta is more smoother. Yeah, um, as Caster Troy, um, and Nicholas Cage is more mercurial, unpredictable as Caster Troy. Like yeah. you don't know when he's gonna freak out and yeah. everything. Whereas John Travolta, you can kind of see it coming. Um, you know, and uh, one of the things I wrote down here um, is there's a strained graininess to John Travolta's voice. If you if you can't tell, I, between the two, I've always I've always liked like a lot more Nicholas Cage movies. But I think that John Travolta did gave the better performance in this. Well, see, I'm, all, I'm just, opposite, and, and I know you are. That's my opinion. But there's a, for 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 John Travolta. If you notice at the beginning and the end when he talks, there's like you know this strained graininess to his voice, um, and, and to where it's like it's hard for him to even talk because he doesn't talk much. I'm assuming, and so when he does, it's like it's real cracked, and and you kind of. Uh, strained and gravelly, but whenever he's Castor Troy, Castor Troy, his 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 voice smooths out, and it's really cool. It's like a subtle difference that he does between the two, um, where where there's a strained pain behind one and a smoothness confidence behind the other. If that makes any yeah, any, yeah, any yeah kind I of get sense. You. Whereas Nicholas Cage, it's not much of that graininess that's in there, but he has to portray him for a longer period of time. So maybe that was a little bit more difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but he kind of sounds the same as Caster as he does as Archer. It's just different levels of volume and intensity. Yeah. Whereas I feel like John Travolta changes his whole uh, a pitch of how he talks and cadence of how he talks. You know, there's a real transformative thing there. Well, John Travolta, the, what's great with John Travolta is that the guy can sing. 
I mean, we know he can dance. You know, maybe not so much anymore, but he's got he's got he, he can get really high pitched as we could tell. But then um, he also just talks very softly. You see a lot of the movies he talks very softly. Where Nicolas Cage is is usually about going about 110 miles an hour. You know, all the time in every movie he does, it feels like. Have you seen Fanatic? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to show you the the trailer for it when we're done here. Okay, but if and to our audience, if you if you have you haven't heard of this movie or seen it, go watch the trailer. See if you want to watch it. It's a movie that was directed by Fred Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. I heard it's about called that. Fanatic, and it has John Travolta in it. He has like this hawaiian shirt and a backpack and he has this short hair where his bangs are like cut to here and he he's he plays a weirdo right that's obsessed with i believe an actor is played by uh, um uh, who's in final destination the main guy from final destination oh i can't Devin sawa sawa yeah so so Devin sawa is like a star something that he's obsessed with right i'm okay. pretty sure he's like a hollywood star or whatever um but john travolta is like an obsessed fan and like I said, this was directed by Limp, uh, Fred, Durst Fred Durst and stuff. And and John Travolta is just a weirdo in this movie, and yeah. it's it's one of those things. So you know, I, I just I look at that and I, and I think of where he came from as far as like Grease and you know Saturday Night Fever and all yeah. these movies and everything. Um, I think he has it in him. He just he he has to tap into a certain thing to to reach that part of himself. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But. I just think I think. I, I like Nicolas Cage in this movie because I, I felt like you got more levels of his acting where John Travolta was really one level, I felt like, you know, because, again, it's not their faults as actors. It's more or less the the character and the way it's written. Wouldn't somebody have taken Sean Archer off the case after his well, son died? Yeah. Don't you think there would be a conflict of interest? Either that or... What do you hear in all 90s and 80s movies? You're too close to this case. Yeah. You're off the case. I'm getting too old for this crap. Uh, Yeah, you know, you're too close for it. You got too much emotionally involved. I I don't want you anywhere near this case. (laughs) You know, that type of thing. That's what you... And and the type of boss they had, that Lazaro, it seems like the type of guy that'd be like, look, I'm putting you on something else. Yeah, but he kind of, you know, he might have been his boss, but I, I could see Archer going like... If you do that, I'm quitting, and then you'll lose yeah. one of your best agents. Either I, let me do this, or I quit, and I'll go find him privately. I kind of feel like he was just the the figurehead in that department, his boss. Like he, well, he came was the out, director and he of the FBI. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he 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 was more of a figurehead, and you could tell. Like Sean Archer kind of ran things there. Can you make somebody have a heart attack by elbowing them in the chest? I want wonder that myself. I was like, I was like, I gotta look that up. I mean, there's there's I gotta be something. If that's that's a possible. If you thing. hit something, maybe right where their heart is, hard I, enough, and maybe if they're already having a, uh, an event. Yeah. Some kind an of event. cardiac. That's what I think. That's what they call it, a cardiac event. Uh, then I don't know. Maybe it's possible, but I would just think that somebody would take take that him off brutal. the take that him off brutal. the case. But yeah, that was pretty crazy, and that was right, right after he had lost his brother, right? Yeah. And and the way that guy came up and was like, "What's your problem?" Yeah, it's just Pollux Troy and just shot him right in the head. That shows like a good aim that Caster Troy just wow, just yeah. smack dab right in the yeah. middle of the head. But um, when they talk about how Jane, Jamie's dressed, right? And okay. she slowly turns around and you see the makeup on the thing, and it's made like this is really exaggerated to be like this. Oh, look at how look at how um, how 
antisocial and look how what she, what her life has become because her dad's not around and her pre- and all this kind of stuff and I look at her and I was like people like dress like that normally nowadays you like, know but it was like this big 11 year olds dress like that nowadays right and when she turned around Archer was like oh well that's why she goes oh you just blame me dad and everything you know plays that typical teen but yeah. she's kind of right it's like you know nowadays you're just like but, you know I've seen worse you know I've seen way I've worse. seen worse but at the same time it's like you can't really knock somebody else's worseness. Worseness? That's not a word. Um, you can't knock somebody else's, you know, what somebody might think is bad for them. And it might be like, you're like, man, I've seen people way worse. Well, yeah, but for them, it might be a lot more important. You know what I mean? Like, she, you could tell that she wanted to be close to her dad. She wanted to have a relationship with him because she probably did miss her brother and you know her she lost her brother too and he was making it all about himself archer was making everything to the point of even his revenge yeah even even trying to get revenge on caster troy he made it all about himself you know he didn't realize that hey you know the wife's going through stuff the wife's going through it the daughter's going through it just as much as he yeah he died in his arms but because of because of his job that he chose that's one of the consequences, which I'm not knocking him or knocking law enforcement, but that's one of the consequences, obviously, right, right. for this movie. And so, you know, I can understand that daughter's pain because obviously she was going through it and she was going through that problem. And it didn't seem like like anybody was they were all going through it separately, you know, like the yeah. daughter, the mother, the father. They, they weren't coming together and trying to deal with it, which would have probably solved all their problems. The daughter was probably doing her rebellion thing with friends and boys and different things like that. The wife was dealing with it all by herself, I think. Yeah. And he was dealing with it by by going after the vengeance. Well, and, and, and that's why, in a way, that's why you can probably explain why she ended up sleeping with Castor Troy rather than her so husband. Long. Well, that, but a little bit of it, think about it, you know, Men, women, it doesn't matter. But you know, when when you're getting that kind of attention, when you've been starved of, of attention, obviously for six years straight, starved, starved of- for attention, you you tend to. I'm not saying overlook things like like you don't know what's happening, but you get blinded by things. Well, and also, like I said, it had been so long, so yeah. you, 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 I'm assuming it had. So, you, and I'm not sitting here trying trying to explain adultery. Okay, I'm, no, I'm not no, trying no, no. To, to justify adultery and, and, at and all. She she wasn't committing no, no, adultery she, no. as, as far as she was concerned. You know, she right, was right. sleeping with this person who. So that's probably was why she didn't see there was something wrong with him. Right. You right. Know? And and I felt like that that was the reason why. <laughs> Can't you? feel I, I i don't know and I, I i know that i mean they changed they changed everything they changed the way their, we their can get real graphic worked. we yeah. can get real graphic here but well, we're not know, going we, to. we can go ahead and stay outside that but i like this uh it, it's one of those rare times where the character outshines the actor absolutely um there are sometimes great when, writing in this film great as silly as it sounds and the concept of it sorry again no you're good uh as silly as it sounds and the concept of it it was a great film, and it was very, very well written, just looking at all these layers in it. Yeah, it's one of these, like I said, the, the times where the character outshines the actor. There's, there's Most of the times, I could see them as being that person underneath. Yeah. Uh, there, every once in a while, where I'm just like, okay, well, that's just, you know, Nicolas Cage playing his, you know, it's, it's <laughs> Nicolas Cage. It's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. Playing John Travolta, playing... Uh, Sean Archer, who was played by John Travolta. Who, who's I, whose personality do you think peaks most? 
Uh, who do you think? Who oh, do you think it was harder for to mimic the other person? Uh, I think Nicolas Cage had the harder job because it's a it's a lot harder to play subtle, and that's what Sean Archer was was very just you know uh, mellow and 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 there's subtlety about playing somebody who's not as enigmatic as Caster Troy. I, okay, whereas I agree John with you. Travolta, I mean, you can ham it up and you can have fun with yeah. it and everything, but you have to get Sean Archer just right because you have to play with that. Uh, uh, that seriousness and and but he, he also I mean like this I, uh, this is what I uh, John Travolta his his acting and his his portrayals of Sean Archer and, and Castor Troy are my favorite but I think Nicolas Cage had the harder job and I think he did the harder thing because he's not only having to play a Sean Archer but he's having to play John Travolta being Nicolas Cage. Well, yeah, he's having to play Sean Archer um, being uh, uh, um, Nicholas Cage, not, but not wanting to be. Yeah, he, he okay. So, <laughs> so he's having to play Sean Archer, who's playing Caster Troy. Yeah, but not convincingly enough to where we think, okay, well, is he really Caster Troy? Yeah, but you always have to know that it's Sean trying to mimic Caster Troy. So he does that thing in the prison where he's laughing and then he's crying and then he's laughing and he's crying and everything because, you know, he's like, oh, God, this is miserable because I was trying to figure out if if any uh, of these two actually like this a little bit, you know. Obviously, Caster Troy likes being Archer, not not because of his looks or anything. Is that you? Oh, uh, no, that's me. Um, it, it, it It's... I don't know. It, it, it's one of these things where you know he 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 has to play Sean Archer, but he has to play Sean Archer playing Caster Troy, um, but like I said, not convincingly enough to where we still feel that it's Sean Archer, um, and, but 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 it has to not convince us, but it has to convince the bad guys that he's you know it has to convince Pollux, it has to convince Dietrich, it has to convince Sasha, yeah. you know all these people that know Caster Troy, yeah. so. Nicholas Cage definitely has the, the the harder job and 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 brought a lot of good chops to it. I agree. And everything. I agree. I, I just I, enjoy John Travolta's presence more. Yeah. Just because that character and John Travolta playing that character is just so delicious. And, and, and I'm I'm opposite with you on this, you know. But I agree with your 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 statement saying that it was probably harder for Nicholas Cage because yeah. Nicholas Cage a, as as a person. Not as a character or an actor. It just seems like he is just intense person to be around. And he didn't want to play the bad guy. Yeah. And when when they first offered him the role. And he, he didn't really play the bad guy as much as John Travolta did. My first note on this is let's be honest, Travolta is caster, Troy. Yeah. And Cage is Sean Archer. Absolutely. Because they play those roles more often. Absolutely. Um I you know, I I, I think he does a phenomenal job. Um and um let's see, let's see. Uh I did that. Okay, so the imagery here is yeah. is amazing, right? Um, the imagery with these two talking with each other, right? And they have that that standoff or that face off, <laughs> where they're they're on two sides of a double sided mirror. Yeah, not double sided, but each side has a mirror. So they both are back to back on it, talking to each other, and then they decide to shoot each other, and they both whip around. And they point their guns at the mirror, gonna go shoot through it. But mm-hmm. they both pause because Sean's, for a split second there, you're like, wait, because Sean's looking at himself. 
yeah. and Caster's looking at himself, yeah. but they're seeing their enemies yeah. in the mirror. Uh-huh. And the stuff like that is so cool. Yeah. The way that they had the imagery that way. Also, the two sons, the, okay. the, the, the imagery there with the two sons yeah. where they looked a lot alike. And I had to, after seeing the Adam kid, I had to like, okay, then they did flashback to Archer's kid, um, uh, Michael. Yeah. And... Okay, just because they looked so much alike, I had to remember what the first kid looked like and everything. But um, the fact that they had two kids and the 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 uh, dichotomy between Archer and Caster, whereas Caster, uh, he you know he he he, I don't know if he ever actually felt bad. He was disappointed that he didn't uh, you know that Archer was still moving and that maybe he killed a kid, but. You know, he he never had really remorse for it. And after all the awful, awful things that Caster did, Sean Archer still took Caster's kid and raised him as a, his own. Yeah. So the the mirror, you know, it's like a mirror or it's like yeah. a rhyming, as George Lucas says, say, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so you yeah. have you have stuff like that where where it's like. You know, he lost his son at the beginning because Caster, and they have this this fight and everything, and they're mortal enemies and everything. And by the end, you got Sean Archer raising, you know, you got you got Odin raising Loki. Yeah. You know, from. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways, no, I tried to. Um, that. No, but you know that I just yeah, thought I that was so cool. That one. <laughs> when when they when they, no. that the end whenever he comes back and it's all dramatic. The original ending, or like the, I guess the alternate ending that they shot. Yeah, because the studio didn't like the idea of the the good guy raising the bad guy's son and everything. So yeah, the al- I get that the alternative that John Woo did was there was some ambiguity left to whether when Sean Archer came home it was really Sean Archer. Yeah. So it was kind of ambiguous, like you know maybe even opening up for a sequel or just kind of leaving it up in the air, like oh crap, maybe you know is this Sean or is it still Caster? Yeah. But they came back in audiences, and one thing. The audiences hated it, and two, the only other comment from the audience is what happened to Caster's son, yeah. which is what John Woo was trying to do in the yeah. beginning. The writers were trying to do, so they uh, they reshot the scenes and yeah. everything, and had the original ending. And I love that ending. I like that when the kids. You see the lighting in. that they did with that ending. It's very soft lighting. They, it's almost they, like black and white. Yeah. Well, no, it was almost like um. Like a dream. Oh, you're talking about yeah, with the wind of the light coming yeah, through the window yeah. and him coming, yeah, because she it was to- it totally feels like a dream to her, right? And it's totally different filming than than it was done in the entire rest of the movie. You mean you know? the constant slow mo? Yeah. This movie actually, the real time of this movie, it's only thirty minutes, but because John was no, like how, that's slow how fast motion, I, I watched it. It, uh, I it put it on like ten. Yeah, if you if you actually put the slow mo scenes to real speed, it actually ends up being the thirty. And, and Nicholas Cage is actually moving and talking like a normal person. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because like John Woo uses so much slow motion that this movie probably is only like thirty minutes in real time. Yeah, yeah, and if you slow it down, you can also hear Nicholas Cage has a British accent in real life. Yes, but you yes. cannot tell, and because they speed up all his movies. Who who else? Uh, no, uh, like an Angelina Angelina Jolie syndrome. Remember when she had like a British accent for a that while? So and it was such a bad. We you was know it we, her or Madonna. Maybe it was Madonna who had a British accent for a while. You know, I and, and I think you're probably like me on this. You know, because our mother is British, so she has the accent. Wait, what? Um, yeah. Uh, what? To tell you this, yeah. So, okay, maybe Irish. 
But uh, no. no, remember we we no, uh, she probably wouldn't want that. I'm saying yeah, that. but but you know, so when I hear a British accent, I don't really hear it. I don't hear it as a, being a British accent. To me, it's just somebody normally talking with a little bit of slang in there or something. But like, but I, I know it's a British accent. You know what I mean? Like I, I know it's a British accent, but to me, I don't hear them as as. Just talking like, like like any other Brit when yeah, you yeah, when yeah. you hear a fake one that's not good you you notice you it. can tell yeah. you can tell and so I feel personally insulted and I'm sure my mother you. does too but I feel personally insulted when I hear somebody coming up with a bad like bad really British accent ins- uh, no insulted. I do it it's it's actually one of my irritations horrible British accents it's one of your irritations yeah well if you notice like more Brits can do a better American accent than Americans can do British accents you know what I mean. Yeah, so I mean, they're classically trained, and uh, whereas Americans, you know, a lot of it's just like school plays. Yeah, you go get an acting coach, and they're just, you know, if you got good looks, you can be in Hollywood. Not everybody sounds like Downtown Abbey, okay? It's not Downtown it, Abbey. It's Downton Abbey. I don't watch that show. You so said I don't Downtown know. Abbey. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I know there was a joke about it. Somebody, I can't remember what it was. Maybe on a TV show or something. They were talking about it, and it's like it's not Downtown. It's Downton Abbey. Yes, but if you go to like Northern I can't London, we actually have one area? of those moments on our yeah. show. That's awesome. Well, uh, the Northern area of London, you know, uh, up north and stuff, they they have a lot of slang in 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 the language you know and you go to you know welsh countryside or whatever else like that they're 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 somewhat po- proper too but it's it's all uh, different you, dialects yeah it's different dialects in different parts of the country like you know then you have the northern accent which is pretty close to a scottish accent which yeah. makes sense because yeah. that's where scotland is yeah. um and then you know you got your londoner accent yeah you know and you got your cockney accent well we and, we do get a british accent from uh nicholas cage in uh what is it the, the treasure one Oh, does he do a British accent? Yes. National Treasure? Remember, he puts on the glasses and stuff, and he pretends like he's British. Yeah, but there was one where he was doing it, and he was just being a jackass. I actually can't remember what it was. Yeah. But... Well, so, so would you rank... I, I think I already know, but w- how would you rank as far as, you know, favorite actors, these two actors, these two main actors being, you know, on the list for you? Uh, they wouldn't be anywhere in my top. They wouldn't be anywhere in my top 20. Do you kind of feel like maybe John Travolta's a little bit out of our age group? Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. he He's a huge part of our childhood. Yeah. The the, the very first thing that I think of whenever Greece. I think of, of, of John really? Travolta, for me, it's Look Who's Talking. Because when I, I was okay, so young okay, when I saw Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. So that was like my, I think, I'm pretty sure that was the first time I remember seeing John Travolta's in Look Who's Talking. Well, Look Who's Talking. For too. Roseanne, too, for me hear that, well, that voice. Was, yeah, that, yeah, that was in part two. And, and Bruce Willis, yeah, you know, yeah. playing the voice of Mikey in that, that movie and all that. It was weird because, you know, Mikey in that movie and his son in this movie was was named (laughs) no no uh outer limits one i like i like x i thought you were an x files i I am a huge x files fan so okay so what about you are they in your they even in your top 20 top 10 nicholas cage could be close. He, I, the only problem with Nicolas Cage is there's no real depth to his acting. I mean, I'm going to say that outright. 
there's no there's not a ton of depth for his acting but for the type of actor he is and and the thing that he he doesn't try to achieve he's already got the academy award he, okay? well that's what i was gonna say so he, he has a need, lot of depth in some of his earlier roles well, and stuff, maybe it, yeah okay his earlier Oscar ones stuff, but when yeah. he started doing these action ones all the depth went out the window but again he fit there he, he fit like in that talkers? spot no is it wind talkers yeah whatever yeah. but but he he fits in a certain slot you know what i mean like like he he's able to fit in that type of role in acting he's Stop it. Nowadays, I know where you're going. Nowadays, him and John Cusack could be interchangeable, really. They could. Because they, they both could. have those explosive, and but they all both. But John, John Cusack doesn't, he's not known for action movies, or he's not really But they're both very, very type uh, conscious of their hair. They they got that yeah, dark yeah. dyed hair yeah. in their older age right now. You know that there's some gray going on there. Well, I, I digress. I do give him a lot of, Nicholas Cage a lot of respect because he is a comic book fan like myself. And he well, he tried to play Super man a while back in oh, the most bad. botched so have you, did you see the yes. footage yes i did i'm so thankful that that never came to fruition yeah, no, because light I, up suit and i would have hated crazy. nicholas cage i would have hated him because i mean he has a receding hairline and long hair as superman and it's like 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 i understand those two you're things a don't go together fan. i'm a superman fan too but i would never try to play one because i don't look like him no, you know, no. sorry, but you you just don't look like yeah, it, yeah. you know. My my first introduction, John Travolta. Now, it had to be Grease. I mean, I, I watched Grease when I was younger, and and I love the movie. I don't love it as much as my wife and my daughter do, but Grease I can watch every every now and then. You know, it's just I'm I'm not super into musicals. I do like music in movies. Like I just don't. I'm not a big fan of musicals. It's it's not. Not because I think they're horrible. I just never have watched any to really kind of to gauge that. It takes you know? me out. Like, like I get musicals like theater. Yeah. And I, I'm not a huge fan of theater. I could watch it. But, you know, I watch movies so I can be, you know, taken out of my own brain, taken out Absolutely. of reality. Absolutely. And get into a story. Whenever I watch musicals and they break into song, it automatically takes me out of the story. It yeah. takes me out of the movie. Now, I, I get theater. I, I get musical theater and, and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. Um I just, I just, I, you know, I enjoy movies and TVs yeah. better. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not a big deal. But you don't hate, it. you're not hating on it. You no, just, like you don't know enough Sweeney about Todd. it. Yeah, Sweeney Todd, I like. You know, that's a that's I, I didn't that's, like that's, it. Like, it's like the one musical that I do like is Sweeney Todd, and it still takes me out of the movie, just not as much because sometimes in musicals, whenever you have somebody singing, they start acting and smiling like they normally wouldn't and everything. Yeah. But in Sweeney Todd, when they do the musical numbers, they still look as miserable as they are. Yeah, they you just think, murder a bunch of people. And the, and the whole point of musicals is just to, like, they're really talking, but in their own minds, it's like a musical. It's kind of yeah. like in uh, uh, Community when, when Abed starts seeing everything in stop motion yeah, and everything. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's it's that was a great episode. It was it was a really good episode. But it touched on mental disease, which a lot of, a lot of places nowadays, even for some reason, they don't seem like they touch a lot on mental disorders so much anymore. It's it's still taboo. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's not as taboo as it was used to be. But I th I feel like mental disorders are still a tab uh, taboo uh, a subject. Taboo. A taboo. Uh, what, so Nicholas Cage is your favorite part about this movie? Absolutely. Okay, and John Travolta is my favorite. So that's a good that's a good balance there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your favorite part of this movie? I'd have to say. I have two funny, funny enough, John Travolta's interaction with his daughter. Now, 
wait a minute. Not talking <laughs> about all the pedophilia nasty stuff. What I'm talking about is the just the the that that kind right. of relationship that he had with her. He was actually did a good fatherly thing and ripped that guy out of the car and beat the crap yes, out of him. Yes, yes. The fact that he did that still, even though even though he's a psychopath, he kills children, he kills women, obviously he probably kills anybody. And he's a womanizer. You would think that maybe he had tried right. something with this girl. That was my favorite part of that because then you just saw a little break in his in his character. It's very and not weird. not mean the character of of Nicolas Cage, but his character as a person. Did that happen after Pollux died? I think yes, yes it did. Because Pollux died during that shootout, but he had already seen her during the cigarette scenes. Yeah. So after that, it was and I think you know, especially with the uh, the ripping somebody out of a car thing. I think Pollux because I could see myself doing that. Pollux when that yeah, but see, I could see myself doing that. Like I don't know. I, 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 I was, promise you, I would do that was, if somebody was doing yeah. that to my daughter. And I was trying to, I was trying to figure out if maybe he was acting that way towards her because Pollux had just died and he was yeah. like kind of desperate for uh, some kind of a family member or a somebody to look after because yeah. he looks after Pollux. Now he's going to look after her yeah. because he's assuming Archer's gone and everything. So now I'm going to look after her. She's going to be my new family type of person yeah. that I look after or whatever. I don't know. Um, what was yours? And yeah, when he brought that, uh, pulled that guy out of the car, I mean, that's straight up, I think Archer, that was one situation that Archer and 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 Caster Troy acted, would have acted Well, the they same. also have to make up for what they did with basically him flirting with his own daughter in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, so, so I mean, that would be the one thing that would, uh, that would uh, uh, make sense to me. But I have two favorites. Uh, my, my two favorites are the first part in the prison when... Um, when Archer realizes that Caster's taken over his body and his life, you know, whenever Archer comes, uh, or I mean, Caster comes as Archer, and that slow motion, the door opens, and you know, John Travolta's reading the newspaper, and he looks up at him, and then he just kind of puts the newspaper to his that, face, like that oh, was pretty you good. So, and then you know, he comes in, he's like, "Wee, you yeah. good looking, <laughs> yeah, wee, you good looking, yeah." It's like looking in a mirror, only not. Troy? Now that is between us, okay? But you were... In a coma? <laughs> Nothing like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep. Read the newspaper lately? You killed them? Well, look, beats paying the bill, huh? Come on, I mean, uh, if a facelift costs five grand. See anything you like? Do you know? I torched all the evidence that proves you're you. Okay, so wow, looks like you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years. So there's that one, and then I do like the end where um, it, you know the music swells and Archer's back and Travolta's body. So we think, and you never yeah, know, right? And but then he brings that kid home, and I thought it was really cool that one they had a kid and it was Caster's kid, and that he didn't care about him. Yeah, as that that made sense, and that in the end, after what had happened. 
you know, Archer looked at him as like, you know, this kid doesn't have a chance in life with a dad like that, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, this, this and without a mom, you know, and, well, and I mean, now that, and... now that Troy's dead and all this kind of stuff, now he's going to have this thing about him, you know, we're going to raise him as, as we would have raised so, Mike, so Mikey. It, this movie started out as a revenge and turned into redemption. That's the basis of any good movie, in my Redemption for Archer. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's what I think makes a great movie is when you have you have vengeance at the beginning and then redemption at the end. That's the way all movies should be, I think. Yeah. In a way. Now, don't get me wrong. Those every once in a while you'll fall, you know, find one of these movies, you know, that has a crazy twist. You know that at the end something just really horrible happens, mostly in Saw movies. But um, (laughs) no, but it it was what. It's basic, basic outline, you know, of of a good movie. Yeah. Is you you have some sort of uh, revenge, and then you have redemption at the end. And the reason for that is having that redemption at the end and the revenge at the beginning. It sounds so basic, but a lot of movies forget that. You know, some some movies don't have the re- any kind of redemption at the end. Some movies don't have any kind of revenge in the beginning, and then it just makes the movie move slower. That's what makes these movies great, is because it just it it makes it streamline the movie so well. I just like how um, what I, what I liked that was unique about this is the uh, the bad guy had some kind of lasting imprint on the good guy and the good guy's family going forward, even though he wasn't around anymore, and. It was, a, but it was a positive, lasting influence yeah. instead of the negative one. Like now, they could have been miserable for the rest of their lives. Like, yeah, he took care down uh, Castor Troy finally. Maybe Archer finds that that didn't actually bring bring him any peace, like he thought it would, and he's still miserable because he misses his son. So he never got addressed the issue in his head about the loss of his son. He thought that killing Castor, going after him, would fix it. Maybe he didn't, and then he's miserable for his rest of his life. He gets divorced, loses his daughter, all this kind of stuff. But they didn't do that. They first introduced us in a believable way that Castor had a child. This this child was very close to, in in looks and age to Mike uh, to uh, Mikey when he died. And uh, you know, and, and the the hero of the story, the the protagonist, ends up taken care of and 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 bringing into his own the antagonist this awful person's son i i don't know it's just it, it's real cool you know i i love stuff like that in movies and and i don't know if it makes any sense but i love it um so my favorite my favorite parts were uh that part in the prison and uh the part at the end um that they have i i do like little lines here like you know uh, whenever they're all aiming guns at each other it's like another person enters the room then another come comes in the room then another one comes in and then it's just like Ooh, what a predicament this is between us leave them out of it no you should have left them out of it your son was an accident I wanted to kill you. But you took it so personally. Why didn't you just kill yourself or let it go? No father could. No brother could either. Neither could a sister. Hey, baby. Sasha, what the fuck are you doing here? Gee, Archer, I guess I'm crashing. You okay, baby? Yeah. Thanks. Sasha, baby. I'm Castor. That's Archer. And I'm bored. Put the fucking gun down. Why don't you put your guns down? 
<laughs> <Whee>! What a predicament. <laughs> You know, yeah. that was always, you know, one of mom's favorite favorite lines in the movie as well and everything. So, uh, I don't know. I really enjoy this movie. Um, you know, Joan Allen, she does an amazing job in it. Gina Gershon, she's amazing. Um, uh, who played uh, Dominique Swain? She she was like an up and coming back she then. She was. And then she didn't. She fell off. She kind of fell off. I felt like she chose to do the wrong movies that didn't really like try to elevate her skills. Like she went and did a bunch of horror movies and stuff like that. I'm not saying that that, that can't elevate her, but I don't feel like she was that kind of actress starting it out. felt like she did movies where it was she's getting roles because she looks a certain way yeah. and she's, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff uh, more so than the acting yeah because i I haven't seen it i can't remember anything she's been in in the last 20 years uh colm fior he played the doctor that did that he was also in paycheck another john woo movie he's the enforcer dude for aaron eckhart's character and everything uh chasing ben affleck's character john carroll lynch he played the prison guard the main prison guard he was in uh, volcano do you remember that yep uh, he jumped into the lava to save somebody. That was a, it was good a horrible one. scene. <laughs> it was a horrible scene. And then Chris Bauer, who played Dubov, yeah, uh, the the prison person. Remember what show he was in? Prison Break. No, he uh, he played a. His partner was. His name was Andy in the show. Yeah, I'm thinking. I keep on thinking. I can't think of anything beyond Office. I'm just. It's saying. an HBO show about vampires. Um, the True Blood. Yeah, oh. remember he was the cop that that was yeah. the cousin. To, he was uh, Belfloor, Andy Belfloor. Yeah, and his cousin Terry was the one that with PTSD right. and everything like that. Well, that and show. and you know what? John Travolta's partner or uh, Archer's partner was on Prison Break in season what three? Tito. I can't. I can't remember yeah. what he. Let's remember see. he Robert ran the prison. Wisdom is he name. he ran the prison. Which prison? And down in Mexico or down uh, in South America. I don't know if that was that guy. Oh, I know it is. I don't know if that you was that money? guy. You want to bet money? It could be. Because um, he I, had, I didn't mean to say you bet know, money. You, like you talk about like he money. was in uh, that, um, oh, the, uh, the where were they? Panama? The Panama mm-hmm. uh, yes. Panamanian prison? He ran the prison. Okay. Uh, Letcher or... Lechero or something like that. Lechero. Yeah, is it Lechero? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Okay. So that's that's that. No, I might be wrong. No, no. I'm just looking it up right now. Yeah, that 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 is that guy. Uh, Lechero. It was his name. So I was right. So, I, yeah. I, I'm not bragging that I'm right. I was like, I know, I know. Because I, I, I even pointed him out to my wife. I was like, he's on prison break. Yeah, know? I guess I just didn't. Maybe I didn't get a, a good enough look at it. He's also on The Wire, though. Remember, yeah. he played Bunny. Oh, I love The Wire. Yeah. So uh, anyways, this uh, you know has a lot of good actors, a lot of great performances. Obviously, the best uh, Adam or Adam Sandler. I got Adam Sandler on the brain. You got him on the brain. Yeah. No, but obviously the best, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. They do great jobs. They have to... Um, kind of deliver different performances but make a match up and sync up this could have been a disaster of a movie oh it could have an absolute disaster you have the wrong but not during that time period nowadays yeah it'd be a disaster even back then though it it, it could have been a disaster because i mean if you had the wrong director if you had the wrong editing even the wrong choice in how the actors were going to copy each other whatever it may be 
you just have one little thing wrong. Now, this is an absurd movie. Absolutely absurd. Yeah. You know, it's got hint of uh, science fiction and the, the surgery and everything like that, but it's an absolutely absurd movie. But that's what the 90s were all about, uh-huh. you know, having these absurd action movies and stuff. But it could have been not only an absurd movie, but a movie that just didn't work and is like, this is ridiculous. It's a train wreck and everything. But all the f- pieces fit just right. I think we did, all we the- did get a Spice Girls movie during the 90s, so that just should, and, should yeah, gauge it that and way. They were, had aliens in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, there's all yeah. kinds of stuff. But I don't know. It's This is one of these great movies that you have to go watch. Now, uh, another thing I want to say about this is that I think that the stuntmen should have had their own credits in it. Yeah. <laughs> and not just because of the work that they do, but this is one of those movies where I cringe when I see the stunts happening because the cameras, w- w- the camera uh, shots weren't done very well. As good as John Woo is, it lingered too long on the stuntman's faces. You know, usually... You have stuntmen, they know well enough to try to kind of conceal their face, whether they have their head down or whatever, yeah, yeah. to make sure that, you know, the actor, you know... The, the have you seen The Rock stuntman? ...person's being, being taken out of... Uh, yeah, I have seen, actually. He's a big dude, but he looks nothing like The Rock. He, he does. I mean, they could put him with makeup and everything like that, but then you look at him and he's, like, definitely not as jacked as The Rock, but... No. Um, not a lot of people are. But, I mean, it's it's one of these things where I like, yeah, it's one of, uh, I cringe because I'm like, oh, you know, in the boat scene and everything, like, like man, you can really see those guys' faces. Yeah. That, that they, those are definitely not John Travolta <laughs> and Nicolas Cage and everything. And uh, me too. I got to get out. Um, but they, they have unique faces, so it's got to be hard to, to, to get matches. It does, but, two. I mean, you, you have, stuntmen are supposed to be in the background, right? They're supposed yeah. to be quick-cut scenes yeah. to where the, the action is happening or whatever, and but you don't really see the face. Now, there was the scene at the end where the boat hit the thing, and the boat flew in the air. The, thing. the two dudes flew in the air. It was a practical shot. They really shot that. It was awesome because yeah. they had this boat flipping behind them, and they were flying through the, the air, too. Boat. They were like 20 feet in the air. It was crazy. Yeah. But... You had the one, Nicolas Cage's, I, I want to give props or buy a beer for Nicolas Cage's stuntman because okay. he had to go through some crap. I mean, you yeah. think of all the thing that Nicolas Cage, jumping off that uh, that prison in the thing, uh, skating, you know, with no skis on the water boat thing, flying through the air, all this kind of stuff. He had his work cut out for him. Um, I wonder if he's related to Triple X, you know, because Triple X probably yeah, he was a, yeah, he's doing that. But you know, it, it's one of these things where that's Michael. He Michael's did, Triple X. <laughs> he he went through a lot more dangerous stuff than dead. John Travolta's character, right? And uh, but when they were coming through the air, when that boat was coming through the air at that that very last scene, um, or the last action scene, I should say, Nicolas Cage's stunt man, as they were flying through the air, he had sense to look in the opposite way of the camera. (laughs) The camera was here. It was good because the camera was over here, but he was looking this way as his body's flying through the air. That way you didn't see his face. And you could believe that that might be Nicolas Cage or whatever. The other guy, the John Travolta's, he's like full on looking straight at the camera (laughs) and he's just like, now, yeah, it's going to be probably heard like maybe you can't, do your but i mean as a stuntman should be like maybe looking down or looking this way or have an arm over his face so you can't really see who it is yeah but man he really wanted his time in the in the sun he's looking right at the camera like he was throwing up peace signs and you know waving at his mom and all this kind of stuff right taking selfies before it was a thing taking selfies (laughs) with a brick phone (laughs) with those wait a minute they didn't even have cameras or anything (laughs) but cameras 
Yeah, so uh, st- stunts are amazing. Uh, you got a John Woo action movie. You're going to have amazing John stunts. Woo. You're going to have slow motion. You're going to have a movie that's normally an hour and a half long uh, or half an hour long that's stretched out into an hour and a half long because there's so much slow-mo and everything. Did but, you don't even know Nicolas Cage has a British accent? You know? uh, well, at certain times, sometimes he does. <laughs> but it's a great movie. Uh, we we do, we definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Uh, it's recommended by the Post Credit Podcast. And by our mother. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. And happy Mother's Day, Mom. That's This this episode uh, This episode is for you. You've Dedicated. been asking us, asking us to do an episode on this one for a while. So uh, here it is. It's not actually part of our seasons. We wanted to do this as a Mother's Day thing. Um, but we are going to get back to season three probably starting next week. Yep. Um, and we got a couple other things that we're working on with uh, um, with the ladies from Horn Heels. Um, we've been talking with our friend Sarab uh, from season one um, about a project that he's working on coming up. Um, so stay tuned for that because we're going to be talking with him about that. And we got more stuff coming uh, for this whole season. So uh, stick with us. It's going to be an exciting time. We're going to start doing some theme months and everything like we did with the Adam Sandler month and the the 90s teen movie month um so stick with us for that if you guys want to get a hold of us we're on all social media as the post credit podcast except for on twitter we're at the post credit uh we have a website it's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com and we're on youtube so uh you have anything else you want to say about this um british accents dot the bio All right, we guys, we appreciate you guys sticking with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone.